Welcome, everybody, to the Everybody Counts podcast. Tonight, Tracy and I will be discussing Bosch Legacy Season 2, Episode 8, titled 74 Degrees in Belize, which was written by Kevin Conaghan and Valerie Wakefield. And the episode was directed by Logan Kibbins. And then be sure to stick around for after the episode breakdown for our showrunner segment with Tom Bernardo, where we asked him, had a little Q&A session with him and get some behind the scenes tidbits from some of the scenes we'll be discussing tonight. So yes, Gracie, how is it going for you today? It's going okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to this time together. Yes, this me is too. It's going to be an exciting episode to discuss absolutely and it right from the get-go i mean it gets it grips you I mean, right from oh the yeah get-go. Well, obviously we... from the way they ended the last episode but thankfully we pick up right away i think we actually get a little snippet of their conversation and see it again yep as we come into the episode but it, they do go over the cliff rotates you know multiple times and you know no one is responsive and so we don't know we see ellis and long mm-hmm. get out of their car up at the top of the the hill and they look over the edge and you kind of just wish there's a strong breeze and they would just fall over yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're looking oh, over the then- edge then they get then they get away get get off too easy i think <laughs> yeah yeah perhaps so um yeah they're looking to see what what the damage was to see if they get out of the car and but then they know they need to get out of dodge too well yeah i think i know i know why the golf <laughs> dodge <laughs> i can help I just, I just noticed that as i said it they were actually getting back into the dodge but but getting metaphorically out of they're getting out of dodge yes we're just <laughs> too punny the, tonight yes i think i know the reason why they they needed to get out of there because as the camera's panning up to them uh-huh. you see one of the like a spotlight like a light from a house down below oh right near where the car is comes on so that's Good why catch. I, you know, I i've i've noticed that because obviously i'm a i'm a scenery person i love uh-huh I love where they, where they, you know, obviously where they film every location too. Yeah. So I noticed that like a spotlight, like a motion detector light came on, or maybe somebody heard the crash, Mm -hmm. turned on the outdoor lights and it flooded that whole street down below with, with a light. So that's why Alice was like, oh, we got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting (laughs) that you caught that very, you're always so observant. Someday. (laughs) Some days I have my moments. (laughs) (laughs) So they do head out, but eventually we do see uh, Mo. And Harry must have, you know, they they they're at Cedar Sinai Medical Center. Mo is laid out on a in the hospital bed. Harry's actually walking around, you know, bruised, mm-hmm. battered. Uh, Mo apparently has suffered a concussion. We see some stitches on his forehead, but they are. In, but he is able to talk, and he talks to Harry for a little bit, and then Harry hangs out for a little while. Do you want to talk about that exchange? Yes, with them. Yeah, so uh, Bosch asks him if he remembers anything. Mo said there was no headlights. It was loud like a Harley. So Bosch kind of said muscle car. Mm-hmm. And we have that muscle car theme throughout the whole season. Yeah. And then Mo drops a real big bomb saying it was silver in color. And Bosch mm-hmm. looks shocked that he could remember what color the car was. Mm-hmm. Mo said it was just a flash in the rear view. But, but then Mo likes to point out that his EV saved their lives because it didn't become a, a fireball because of no gas tank. But Bosch bursts his bubble saying that that only happens in the movies. <laughs> but yeah, they're they're already, you know, joking again. Yeah. And then uh, Bosch sits back and relaxes in his chair. And even after Mo asks him if he's, uh, if the time better spent was finding the guys responsible, but Bosch says 
you know, I'll get to it type of thing. And I think we discussed this a little bit in the past too. It's like, we can see that he kind of feels guilty about Mo being hurt, you know, being, it seems like it. Yeah. Seems like he's guilty or feels guilty for Mo getting injured while helping him. You know? Yeah. And he was, you know, we talked last episode how it seemed like he was feeling some guilt about the Wynn brothers, yep. you know, having, you know, looking in his, his investigation led, you know, murderers there. So yeah, Harry's, Harry's feeling a lot of stuff this season, mm-hmm. or at least it, it appears to be. So yeah, we discussed that in the last episode too, where you're talking about. How yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. You see a little bit more empathy out of Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. So when he gets home, when Harry uh, gets home, do you remember what he does right away? Oh yeah, he takes over, <laughs> takes that tracker off his jeep and puts it behind his rear tire. Runs that damn thing over, <laughs> crushes it, crushes it. The hell with taking the batteries out. We're just gonna run that. that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> destroy it. But Ellis and Long, you know, they left early on, and they are not aware that Mo and Harry, you know, walked away from the crash. So we see them visiting Ashley and Annie, the, the two escorts that that work there extortion schemes with them alice gives them their their part of the cash and ashley comments that that it feels a little light you know like it's not didn't get their full cut and alice tells them they need to work more to earn more so but ashley she mentions that she's already got someone lined up to extort that evening and but annie and ellis they kind of go back and forth verbally kind of sparring and then ellis leaves the room but yeah it's just it's kind of funny but it's just you know it's just like wow they're just bad everywhere you know they're not even nice to the people that are working with them working for them working with With, yeah yeah i'd say for it certainly seems like ellis is uh in charge of this whole thing if i if i can just jump in there briefly yeah. During one of those exchanges between Ellis, Ashley, and Annie, mm-hmm. once when Ashley said that she had a pigeon lined up for that mm-hmm. night, Ellis says a line where at least someone there still believes in the Protestant work ethic. I know. <laughs> now, me being the curious person with some lines that are thrown out, I'm yeah. like, okay, what does that mean? So I hit the Google machine and I found the definition that Protestants were not working in order to achieve salvation but viewed work as the means by which they could be a blessing to others. Hard work and frugality were the th- were thought to be two important applications of being a steward of what God had given them. So okay. in case the viewers were curious about that. Yeah. You know, if you're not familiar curious. with that phrase. Yeah. Yes. Because a- I, I wasn't familiar with the phrase. I'm like, see, sometimes they, they, they have a line there where I'm like, okay, I got to yeah. look that up. Well, I didn't know the like the history or so much the origins of it like you just shared. I, I mean, I was familiar with the phrase and sort of the intention, but I didn't know you know all that it stemmed from. So, well, we know that Harry and Mo picked up that DVD out of the safe. So, Honey and Harry are checking it out the this from the safe at the Wanna Buy Watch store, and they do see video footage of Ellison Long negotiating, you know, a price for mm-hmm. some stolen jewelry. And from one of the, their victims, and it, but it really wasn't a negotiation. That's what I was about to say. Is it really a negotiation? <laughs> when you just keep going higher and sticking it to them, I mean, yeah, I don't yeah. know. But in my notes, I in my notes I put in that they at first Ellis first wanted twelve thousand. Paul said it wasn't worth even eight thousand, mm-hmm. but then they haggled a little bit and agreed to fifteen thousand. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
funny. <laughs> so, you know, they, they obviously surmised that the winds were keeping this video in case things went wrong. And, but, you know, my, my thought was, and I share this in my recap, did, you know, did they ever anticipate that things going wrong would be being murdered? You know, yes. did, did, I wonder if they ever thought it could go that far. But they're also, you know, when they're looking at the video, they talk about Alan's date. I guess it was Matthew was his name, I believe. Heard a loud engine from the car outside. So, you know, just like you were saying, we've heard about this loud engine throughout the whole season. And now it's just again, 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 you know, the loud engine actually took out Moe's car. And and then they're just recalling all the different places they've heard about the loud engine. So Harry wants to take a look inside this car and he pulls another one of his little aliases and finds his way to access the car. And I bet you would like to talk about that because it's oh, so much fun. Oh, <laughs> I know. It's so nice. because It's uh, a good one. <laughs> we, the both of us just love when Harry kind of puts on the, the charade where. Yeah. He, yes. At this, point, at this point you see him, he's kind of posing as the partner of the guy who dropped the car off last night. He didn't specify the partner's name. So he talks to the city garage mechanic. I think the guy's name was Mike. Yeah, it was Mike. Sorry. That's a Mike. Cause it's the same name as me. Yeah, it's like, that's a lot right. of Mike's on there. So he uh, wants to see the car that was brought in with the damage to the right, or uh, the night before on the right well, passenger side front and spins a story. They left a gift for his daughter under the seat. Uh, so Mike gives him the keys. Just tells him to drop them in the lockbox before he leaves. So he goes to the charger, he's looking through the front seat, finds a cleaning service, like a maid service receipt Mm -hmm. in the glove box. He's going through the trunk of the car, sees the tire iron back there. And I couldn't quite tell if it looked like there was some blood on it or not. I couldn't quite tell, or maybe it's just Mm -hmm. a rusty tire iron. Yeah, I tried to look for blood too. I I couldn't really tell. Yeah. He was taking pictures of the damage to the side of the car. He was taking pictures of the trunk. Of the car, so he's doing his PI service, but, but I still like how he was posing as the, you know, as the partner of the of the yeah. car. He's pretty, he's pretty believable. He does it so well. Well, he so. he also did it for many many years. Right. I was thinking about <laughs> that too. Car. That when that really comes into play, he, you know, because he has that experience as you know a detective. He he could have yes. been working on Vice. You know, could have been one of them. So kind of while that's happening, Long gets a call that uh bosch and mo survived the crash and of course he pretends that that's just wonderful news yeah and then you know hangs up and and tells ellis so just i don't know the look on his face was was kind of fun oh yeah yeah (laughs) he did not expect that news yeah it's always nice when the bad guys get bad news right yeah (laughs) when they start feeling really nervous Um, Mm -hmm. and honey goes back to see oscar at Hollywood Forever Cemetery, and she wants more video footage. She's got dates and everything, and he he tries to get another headstone out of it, but she just gives him some cash. Now, when she says, I'll just go a la carte this time, was that kind of saying, I'm just going to give you a little bit of money, and that's it? Or oh, what, yeah. did, you, did you understand that? Yeah, I think it was just to give him a little bit of money instead of yeah. buying another headstone. Another headstone. <laughs> yeah, and it was so funny that she said, I only need one. I mean, really? One person only needs one headstone, <laughs> but she gets a call. Something kind of sounds kind of upsetting. And so mm-hmm. she leaves. She's like, you know, here's the dates. Get it for me. Here's some cash. And she leaves. 
and we find out that David Foster has been assaulted in in prison and this is uh it's very upsetting she's she goes to visit him she's you know standing there holding his hand and mm-hmm. he describes you know how the deputies left him with some inmates and then they even got in on it too and yep. you know honey's just really discouraged that you know especially that the officers would participate and he he points out that they all think you know that's those are sheriff's deputies and they all think that he killed the wife of a sheriff's mm-hmm. deputy so she meets with the prosecution and judge newland and she is able to arrange protective custody for david through the trial and uh the i think the judge he makes a point of saying really you're not going to object are you to the prosecution and i mean how could you i can't imagine someone objecting to that you know after someone's been beaten up but i mean maybe some do i don't know but it seemed more matter of fact like yeah we'll we'll take care of this so Mm -hmm. maddie gets a surprise at, at she's leaving work Having a talk with Raina about some new uh, rooftop bar, I think. And Raina's been there. Maddie wonders if it's good. The drinks are expensive. And it's, it's also kind of fun because she wanted to know who Raina went with to the bar. Yes. And she's like, so I think she's just like no one in particular. And so she's still like Raina. It's been very obvious that she's like, Maddie, you can always talk to me. And they're getting close. You can open up. But she still keeps mm-hmm. a lot of stuff close to the vest. Yes. So, you know, does. wonder if there's hoping- someone out there. I'm hoping we get some kind of reveal maybe yeah. by the end of this season or maybe into next season about uh-huh. who she might have been spending time with. Yeah. Or yeah. And just in general into a little bit more of her, her personal side, but their conversation is interrupted by the FBI. Yes. You want to pick up there? I'll pick up there, but I'm also going to back up to a little bit earlier in the episode. Because earlier in the episode at the FBI building, Agent Barron is asking for an update mm-hmm. on the investigation. Uh, Jones tells Barron that they think Matthew's burned. Mm-hmm. And James asks what's the next step is. Barron tells them that the U.S. Ass- or assistant U.S. attorney finally signed off on a search warrant for Chandler's home and office. You just have to wait for a judge to sign off on it officially. James asks what they should do while they're waiting. And Barron says he has an idea for that. And that's where this comes in. Oh, think, yeah. Okay. So that was the idea. Now it's yeah, coming together. I think it's a very slimy idea on Barron's mm-hmm. part. Sure. You know, I think I know what they're trying to do, but it's still just a backhanded move, I think, on mm-hmm. on the FBI's part. But I guess, you know, with that, with this show, there's only a few FBI agents that are painted in a good light. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of them are painted off as, you know, just grimy slimy you know yeah stuff like that which is good writing don't get me wrong i, I don't know many <laughs> fbi agents so if there are any fbi agents listening i think you guys do a wonderful job <laughs> so no need to look into me <laughs> yes i have no criminal background whatsoever anywho um no so uh so yes yeah, so the fbi asked to talk to maddie and i did like how she had mank as a representative in this it kind of yeah. Remind me back in season three when Bosch is uh being interviewed by IA mm-hmm. and Mank is in the in you know in there as Bosch's representative, right? Rep? Your rep, yeah, your representative. Rep. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh so Mank sits in the room with Maddie as the feds ask her questions about where she, Bosch, and Chandler were after the or where they were, how they felt after the news that Rogers was gonna walk. They mentioned the pipeline explosion and wondering where her where Bob Harry was. 
Mm-hmm. Like we got to be careful with Bosch's because it could be Maddie or Harry. Like, I know. I run into that too when I'm writing yeah. about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so Maddie tells them that she had no idea where he was that night, but they should ask him themselves. I think it was James that said that they had tried and then they dropped the bombshell that it's domestic terrorism that they're, mm-hmm. they're after. And they they would probably keep their mouths shut too if they were being sus- suspected of that. Right. And then Maddie clams up saying that she's done answering questions. And Mank, I like how he just kind of stands up. I'll show you the way out type of yep, thing. We're done. Yep. Yep. He didn't try. Yeah. Was it piling on to Maddie's predicament, I should say? So, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So then Harry's back at home looking at crime scene photos of the of Lexi Parks murder. And um, he gets the call from Maddie and she wants to know yes. what the heck's going on. What were these people talking about? And she's, you know, she, fair enough. She's upset that, you know, the feds showed up at, you know, her work to ask about this that she knew nothing about. And he um, tells her they'll meet at, at the park. And yep. so not only is she shocked that the FBI showed up, talking about her dad and domestic terrorism, she's pretty shocked when she sees his face. Yes. His face is kind of beat up, you know, and she said this, you know, this looks like more than a fender bender. And, but as far as this pipeline explosion and details, you know, he says he can't involve her, you know, if he needs to, for her safety, he can't do that. And she's just, you know, frustrated. And I think she probably, I think she just leaves. Right. Would we see her just kind of walk away? Yeah. She says that uh, she's, you can see she's pissed off. Mm-hmm. Tells him to do what he needs to do, and he tries saying he what he needs to do is try to protect her. Right? Know? Yeah. So, yeah. and um, I, I think I had in my notes that you can tell she's a bit hot under the collar because you know she's not happy the FBI is questioning her at work. So. Oh yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, Ellis gets a call from the garage mechanic, and yep. so he thinks the car is ready. Great, but he, the, I think the mechanic hasn't even really started it because he said his partner had failed to return the keys. So yes. he, he couldn't even get in and access the car. And uh, the, the mechanic might've said like, I hope he got the gift or something um, yeah. and about like what happened. And you can just tell Ellis is getting more and more nervous. You know, yes. I mean, he, like we were so just really upset about, and, you know, so violated that Ellis was, you know, going through Bosch's house and now yes. Ellis is getting a little bit of that feeling too. Bosch yeah. is going through his car. So, <laughs> so we talk about Jade going by Mo's apartment. Yes. She brings yeah, him some too. green tea to help with his swelling. She checks out that there's some video footage he's reviewing on his monitor. Wants to know if, if she's if he's working for the guy that almost got him killed. He says, you know, just kind of a low-key assignment, just reviewing some video footage. Um, and But she probes further, wanting to know if this person he's working for is doing legitimate stuff. And yep. Mo <laughs> says, well, you know, there's some gray area. But he also points out that she seems to be interested or excited about the gray area sometime yeah. you know, in her work. So I think part of what I took away from this was... She seems to be getting more and more nosy about his work. Yes. Not really like interested. Like I'm getting to know you. I'm kind of interested mm-hmm. in maybe a relationship and I want to find out more about your work. It just seems kind of nosy. And um, just by this point, you know, they, yeah, you know, I mean, I, they've, she still very much feels like in the friend zone. Do you think? Yes. 
yeah so i'm like he, he's clear that he's kind of interested in her or definitely interested he went to all that trouble to get those files so yes. i'm pretty sure he's interested um in her in more of a romantic um way but i'm not getting the same vibe and that you know sometimes it seems like she's maybe just not timid as far as her personality but just like not sure that she you know she's been burned maybe by this other guy or it could be more to it you know it's it's can I, um can i uh, as yeah. soon as you're done finishing that i just want yeah to i mean i don't right. really know what else to say yeah. it just seems a little off yes i got that up until this scene i thought really good of jade I, i'm like uh -huh. okay they're taking it slow uh -huh. like you said we've been burned before mo's doing this stuff for her but she just takes too much interest in that video on his computer screen yeah yeah the first time i saw that the hackles kind of went up in the mm -hmm. back of my head there a little bit where i'm like okay why is she paying so much attention to this video because i mean she's literally you know has her elbows on the desk staring yeah, right at the yeah. computer monitor uh -huh. i didn't want to think that she is doing this for what is the term like uh oh what's the term i'm trying to think of describe it double crossing it's kind of like a double cross type of thing but like sort of for nefarious reasons like a nefarious con or reasons. something thank like you. A nefarious okay. reasons okay thank you nefarious reasons i had i didn't write that in my i mean i wrote in the notes in my notes I'm wondering if she's a plant from Ellison Long because she's taking so much interest in this video of this car leaving the motel. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. that's through in there. I'm like, I, I hope that's not the case. I really don't. I, I'm hoping for the best for Mo. But <laughs> just like I said, just the way she was looking at that computer screen. Yeah. It was the first slip up that I've seen of hers. Other than that, it's been like uh, casual encounters, uh -huh. drinks, meals. Uh, a phone conversation or two. I mean, so it's, but this is the first time where I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I so, like that. Your, hackles, like your that. hackles went up. That's a good description. Yeah. I think we're all well, feeling like that. It's like that guy that we talked about at, at Honey's meditation class. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he was kind of looking at her as they were coming out of the meditation. And then he tried to strike up a conversation with her afterwards. Yeah. I had that same kind of feeling with him at that point, but that was mm -hmm. right off the bat. Whereas Jade, I didn't feel it until this episode seeing okay. her paying that much attention to the computer. Yeah. So I'm hoping yeah. it's not nefarious reasons. I'm hoping for the best, best for Mo, obviously. Plus, you know, she you did bring him the tea, you know, that helped with the swelling. He was in a pretty bad accident and she she seems yeah. more interested in his work than saying, Well, are you sore? Or, you know, how yeah. you feeling? You know, what do they do at the hospital? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just... And they did have a they did have a little fun banter back and forth mm -hmm. during this conversation where yeah. What is it where uh, she asks if it's dangerous work that he's doing? And she, he's like, no, last night's the exception that proves the rule. Oh, yeah. She, that is a weird know, expression. Yeah, no. So I did like expression. that ban banter uh -huh. between the two during the conversation there. But like I said. I hear you. Here. I'm on the same page with you. All right. Good. Not that way then. I think, no, so. no. I, well, and I've seen, you know, plenty of comments on yes. uh, social media and stuff yeah. too that uh people are not trusting her they think yeah. something's up so harry and honey their the, the video did show he was able to make out that that was ellis's dodge charger so mm -hmm. that left the hotel the night that james allen went missing so they're tying them you know two people loud car james allen being murdered and they have this whole timeline like on this whiteboard of events 
that you know point to Allison Long as potentially the murderers in can the I, Lexi Parks case. Yeah, please do. Is it okay mm-hmm. if I run through that? Because yeah. I, I loved how they were going back and forth mm-hmm. between the two of them. Yeah. We were discussing that. Uh, let's see here. Sorry, I was getting right to the right spot here on my notes. Um, I did love it how they were kind of playing off each other. It was almost like a tennis match where it's like yeah. Honey would say something, Bosch would say something. Mm-hmm. So they, they're kind of connecting the dots. They say, you know, but Bosch was trying to figure out where the crossing is with Lexi Parks mm-hmm. and they step through the information that they know or that they know at the time that Schubert buys a high-end watch for his wife and steals it to pay off gambling debts. Ellison Long, who sold the watch to the Wing brothers, Herrick buys the watch for his wife. It breaks and she tries to get it fixed, finds out it's stolen, threatens the winds with an audit, which would expose the arrangement between them with Ellison Long. Mm-hmm who can't let that happen, so they have to take out Lexi Parks and frame David Foster for the murder. Uh, but in order to do that, they have to take out James Allen, who is Foster's alibi. So it's mm-hmm. all these things that are just piling up. And like yeah. I said, it was like a tennis match between the two of them. They they you know they each said one of those, or one or half of those lines. Right, right. So, but they're try- still trying to figure out about how the DNA wound up at the crime scene. And they talk about... Let's see here. They talk about or that the, the, how it wound up at the crime scene, which is in and on the body of Lexi Parks. Mm-hmm. Bosch says that they can prove Foster was miles away during the rape and murder, but how can they explain the DNA at the scene? Mm-hmm. And Chandler's still waiting on the trace analysis, to which Bosch, Bosch says, "Fingers crossed." Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. The the condom trace evidence. So. Still waiting on that. That lab stuff can take a while. Yes. We've learned over the years. But they're just talking about this kind of freely in the office. But then he takes her out to the balcony and he turns up the music. Yes, that's and, right. And um, goes out to the balcony and mentions that not, he tells her about um, Maddie getting accosted by the FBI at the station. And, you know, he's concerned that, you know, her job may be affected in some way by all this and yeah. but honey's she's sounds very confident she says well, mm-hmm. you know that's not going to happen and he needs to have faith in her so i don't know and someone's like just trust me just gotta have faith in me sometimes that yes. doesn't make you feel more or doesn't make you feel better it sometimes i think yeah. that makes you feel worse like oh yeah you're just having me hanging on hope and you know yeah okay i'll Hang trust on, yeah. you you know giving me some real information of why yep. i don't need to worry so so that was kind of and I did I did like really like how they separated this out. They they laid out all the information from the one case mm-hmm. in case the FBI is listening in. I thought Bosch had a had a detector for a wire, but you never know with the FBI they can hide hide them anywhere. So I love how they separated out the two things where it's like yeah. we're gonna talk about this in case they are listening in. Because we are working together, we're yeah. working on a case. <laughs> yep, yep. And then turn it, turn up the, uh, turn up the radio and step out and talk about the FBI hassling Maddie. Mm-hmm. So they don't need to hear that part. That's oh right. yes, exactly. You see Mo outside the apartment where Ashley and Annie do their work, and uh, I guess he found it by using that receipt for the maid service. And then yes. he got an address of where that you know they were cleaning, and he takes some photos, calls Harry mentions the teddy bear in the window and and Bosch says that's probably a signal that yep. you know they're otherwise engaged not much else from that that i took from that little scene did you 
No, I think he just wants eyes on the or eyes on the kind of the operation and yeah, actually, might have been for two reasons because I know I know that Bosch calls advice just before that, asking uh-huh. if he can talk to Ellis that he picked up a prostitute. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a bit has business card is making a courtesy call before she's booked, mm-hmm. and he was told that Ellis and his partner were in Long Beach wrapping up a DHS debrief. Mm-hmm. So I think it was twofold. He was trying to see if Allison Long were either with these girls at the apartment. Yeah. Or yeah. Or, you know, at the, at their office or at, at the uh, station. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah. Then Bosch knows he's free to do something else. So. Right. Right. And then we see Allison Long. They're actually at a bar. I guess, I guess the, the station says that they're working on in Long Beach for the day, mm-hmm. but they're maybe it's in Long Beach. I don't know, but they're at the bar and just getting more and more nervous. And they say everything must go. And and yes. my my thought there was, what is everything? Does that include everyone? You know, when oh, they yeah. like like I just you know to me it's somewhat vague. So I was what was your take on everything must go? Like that that they must just clean out any final evidence of anyone are they talking about people people must go or what are they talking about it's everything yeah i think it's everything people any potential well any potential witnesses which are people any any (laughs) evidence against them too so that's i just thought it was was interesting they said everything must go because it seemed pretty clear to me that they were talking about people yes i just thought it was an interesting choice of words so but they're definitely on edge alice is talking about the the temperature in belize which is so funny when long points out it's the same temperature there like yeah that's that's (laughs) not the the draw is the temperature because you have that temperature here (laughs) the draw is that that is very far away and in a different you know jurisdiction probably even in a country that doesn't have extradition i'm guessing probably yeah exactly so maybe a trivia, um, maybe a good trivia question does belize have extradition or not hmm. that's a good question i did like the uh, line that when long asks him how exposed they are ellis tells him that he feels a stiff breeze in his bare ass <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like we can know he's pretty nervous that, that's yeah, a pretty well, you uh, see that long was nervous in the last episode yeah now and ellis is really that, nervous before too. that operation now you see that ellis is also Mm-hmm. getting really nervous that that they feel the feel the box closing in type of phrase mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah I mean, you almost picture like these all these game pieces on the board and they're just getting like more scattered you know they're trying to or yeah. like or another thing kind of comes to mind is like whack-a-mole you know they're trying yeah. to like shut down all these things and keep yep. them from and they just keep popping up so that old boss he just keeps popping up oh yeah Hard to um, keep hard to hard to keep a good Bosch down. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Let's see. Why don't you go ahead and talk about the time at Dr. Schubert's? Yes. I mean, mm-hmm. you're seeing Bosch put things together. I think in our QA session with Tom Bernardo, I called it the shootout at the Schubert Corral uh-huh. instead of the <laughs> OK Corral. Yep. So Bosch uh, approaches the door. Knocks on the door saying he's investigating a series of murders and hoping that Schubert could shed some light on them. He hands Schubert a folder with the pictures of Lexi Park's murder scene. And you can see that Schubert's really shocked by the state of the, at least least the face. And even Bosch says that, uh, yeah, it's even, it's hard to look at even for a A surgeon. Even for a surgeon. Um, But Bosch asks if they can go inside to Schubert's office. 
asked where his wife is. He's out of town, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> and to try to, and then so they go into the office. At Bosch asks if he can record the interview, which Hubert doesn't object to. But he looks nervous, saying that he doesn't know why Bosch thinks he has anything to do with it. Bosch says he does, tells Schubert to come clean, and he'd do his best to keep his name out of the investigation. Yeah. Uh, Schubert, after some convincing, tells Bosch that a few years back he made a, made a mistake on a house call with a couple of, of his patients. And then a few days later, Ellison Long showed up, saying that they would... I'll just tell everybody his wife, colleagues, California Medical Ethics Board, unless they pay, unless he pays them a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, Bosch asks if he's still paying them, which Hubert says it's ten thousand a month. That's a lot of money. That's what I was thinking too. It's like a hundred thousand dollars. That's a lot, but then ten thousand a month. Oh, I know it's like holy cow, and how many years? Jeez, yeah, oh, yeah, we know it's been multiple years, yes. But then the interview is interrupted mm-hmm. by a uh, surveillance video picking up Ellison Long showing up. Now, like a beep chime type of thing happened. I don't know if it was like a motion sensor thing. Must have been, yeah. Some off. kind of notification, though, yeah. Yeah. So Bosch sees them, or Schubert and Bosch see them approaching the front of the house on the surveillance cameras. Bosch calls 911 to report a couple of people trying to break into the house, and he poses as Schubert yeah. saying the information. Mm-hmm. He figures maybe the 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 words of a of the actual homeowner, <laughs> yeah, or just, right. You know, at least the name of the homeowner would get them there quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he takes Schubert upstairs, tells him to stay in the in a certain room and lock the door. Schubert asks why he isn't calling in for backup, and Bosch says that he isn't a cop. And then, <laughs> and then you see like the then you see like the eyes go as wide as dinner plates <laughs> a little bit. Uh, that was funny yeah Bosch says he isn't a cop but he has to see where Ellis and Long are positioning themselves yep so he goes out trying to figure out where they are then he sees and hears the door opening and Schubert's walking out he yells not you know he yells at Long and Ellis not to shoot and that you know the guy said he was just trying to investigate this but he didn't tell him anything and and you can see that Bosch is just absolutely pissed yeah what he, he didn't do what he was supposed to do. <laughs> he didn't do. listen at all. He's trying to help the guy listen. and didn't listen at uh, all. And then one of my questions I'll ask towards the end here. But yeah, so uh, uh, Schubert's walking down the stairs, hands up. Long's trying to tell him, it's okay, man. It's okay, buddy. And, you know, you did good. You did good. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden, as soon as Schubert puts his hands down, two shots, Long shoots him. No surprise there. <laughs> no. I'll throw the question in there. I think we all knew Schubert was a dead man walking when he walked out of that uh, room. Yeah, it was over for him. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Bosch pops up, gets two shots off on Long. Long collapses. Meanwhile, in that whole commotion with Schubert walking down the stairs, Ellis had snuck up up a opposite staircase, starts taking shots at Bosch. They exchange gunfire. Bosch says he's boxed in and the cops are coming. I always love that line, boxed in. <laughs> uh, cops are coming. Ellis hears the sirens, says F you, Bosch, and runs out the back way while taking shots at the pillar Bosch is hiding behind. Mm-hmm. And a great, great scene. I mean, just, I, I, I always like good shootout scenes. Uh-huh. But, uh, mm-hmm. but just the way the pillows were just exploding with like the, the powder and stuff from the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, it's not concrete it's probably plaster or whatever type of oh, stuff okay yeah mm-hmm. 
So uh, Ellis, you see Ellis running out the back. Bosch tries to take a position to try to get a couple shots off, but he doesn't have them. Mm-mm. So he sees Ellis going out the back way. Then you see the aftermath. Long's down on the staircase. Uh, Bosch walks down the stairs. Uh, Long asks for an ambulance, and Bosch says he doesn't think he'll make it, and asks where Long is, or sorry, asks where Ellis is heading. Mm-hmm. Long says, you know, tries tries like a last desperate attempt, you know, that saying that some of us aren't snitches, which I like the Clint Eastwood type line from Bosch saying, "Yeah, you keep telling yourself that, punk," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And then Bosch exits the front of the house with his hands up, saying, "Retired LAPD, unarmed." He gets handcuffed by I'm thinking sheriff's deputies. It looked like. Yep. Brown. Sheriff's. It was the sheriff's mm-hmm. department. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great seen great work by everybody involved and pretty yeah. sure it took a lot of a lot of time to get that choreographed and set up so mm-hmm. just well stay, done by everybody. stay tuned because you will hear hear more about that from tom so we definitely yes. asked him about that how that all was put together so yes so then honey and harry are meeting with detectives duran and santana at the sheriff's station you know give them the recording of what he got from Schubert. And just as an aside, when I was writing this, I had to go back and my recap had to go back because I and make a correction because I'd put detectives Duran and Santa. <laughs> so oh, I did was, right. Or it was a or it was a uh what is it the uh, uh ah, auto fixed or something? Maybe, who knows? Yeah, or got Christmas on the brain or something, but I was like, okay, it's not Duran and Santa. <laughs> Duran and Santana, but they they don't. This doesn't go very well. They they won't even give Bosch any credit for what he found out and mm-hmm. and getting the information because they're trying to say, well, maybe it was coerced. You know, maybe you're holding a gun to his head, and you yep. know, Schubert's not here to say otherwise. So you know, yeah, it's exactly. like like you've said all along, Bosch is doing their job for them, and they're not even yes. accepting it. So. It, Bosch has had enough, and but they say they're going to keep Harry's gun. And we hear Harry outside talking to Honey about using her safe house to yes. to hold Ashley and Annie, the the escorts in the extortion operation, because they might be able to testify. Mm-hmm. So they are thinking ahead. Then later that evening, Maddie is visiting Harry at his office. She asks about. Ellis and Long and Ellis is still missing. His whereabouts are unknown and Long is in critical condition. Damn it, he lived. <laughs> they um sorry, I had to throw that in there for my notes. <laughs> it's in your notes. Um Maddie starts asking Bosch if he would ever lie to her. And mm-hmm. he says that no, he wouldn't lie, but he can't always tell her everything. Mm-hmm. But she she goes with it, seems to. She starts talking to him about. You hope she doesn't have to experience, you know, he shot Long and, you know, Long might not make it. She doesn't ever want to have to go through that. Um, She also lets him know that she was working with Ellis earlier in the week. And boy, he does not like that. And, you know, obviously she feels guilty and, you know, she's upset that he obviously she knows now that he was using her, you know, for information about Bosch and the case. But you can just see. Bosch's head about to explode the idea of oh, this yeah. monster, you know, <laughs> trying to, you're working right beside her and manipulating her like that. And it, yeah, I, I mean, we all had those feelings when we watched it happen, yep. you know. Ugh. So they do get going on those search warrants. Do you want to talk about that? Coltrane wakes yes. Harry up. Yeah, Bosch gets a rude wake up bark from uh, Coltrane. 
<laughs> I, I originally put down a, a rude wake up knock. I'm like, no, they're not no, even really, knock. No, it's the you yeah. hear Coltrane barking, and then Bosch yeah. looks up, and I think it's Jones is the uh, so it's James and Jones are the uh -huh. FBI. But Jones is at the door with a subpoena pressed up against the glass door. And I like how Bosch kind of walks <laughs> over saying, I can't read that without my glasses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little last ditch effort there. The last ditch effort. A, it was a, a multi, uh, was it, uh, they were hitting multiple multiple places at once. It was mm -hmm. Bosch's house, money, Honey's office probably honey's house probably mm -hmm. Bo and bosch's office for sure i don't know about honey's house but i know the two offices mm -hmm. and bosch's house are being searched by the feds bosch reluctantly lets them in and then it cuts to rose and associates where we see the fbi taking files and boxes and a full file cabinet yeah yeah they're taking <laughs> furniture out of furniture of files furniture out and martin and is martin so upset Yes. Martin's upset. They're say, saying that they predate Chandler joining the firm. Yeah. And just like, please stop, you know, and and of course they're not stopping. I mean, even I think Baron even looks like he has a smirk on his face when Martin's yeah. saying all this stuff. But yeah, I feel really bad point, for Martin in this scene. I know. And we'll get that. To, I'm going to get to that a little bit at the end of the in our interrogation. OK, mm hmm. I just wanted to ask us something about that. Anyways, at one point we see Agent James telling Matthew it's best that he leaves. He says he thinks he should stay, but she goes, it's not a request, and also demands his phone, too. Mm -hmm. I know this drove people nuts, so it cuts back to Bosch's house. Feds are going through the record cabinet. Yeah. One agent's bagging up. I think Bosch's Glock, which was, was in the record cabinet. That mm -hmm. has been a trivia question in the past. Mm-hmm. And another agent is not so nicely going through his records. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of, I got a lot of people uh, in the Bosch pit saying, you know, that's no way to treat a record. You can't lay uh -uh. it flat. And, oh, I'm like, I'm there. I, I was, yeah. I would think even Bosch was, you know, wanting to jump up and strangle them. <laughs> or that too. <laughs> But that would set a bad precedent. But Joan tries to get a rise out of Bosch, saying that they're almost done with his office. Bosch tells him it's clean, and this is all BS, and that he knows, and the agent knows, they aren't going to find anything. And Joan's kind of one little last-ditch effort. Well, the day's young, you know, type of yeah. thing. Yeah, what Ugh. a jerk. He's always got, like, I a little, little comment at the end. I know. I, I actually had, the, smack a, a similar, him. I had a similar thing saying what an a-hole so yeah hey, yeah right. yeah it's just that's so snide just those little remarks one yeah. of those people who always has to get the last word i know oh i think I, 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 it's like the, these the feds that are being written in it's like it's just like oh you just want to hit all of them <laughs> yeah and also when they were at honey's office aren't they is that are they talking somewhere they're talking about thinking maybe she destroyed the files because you know they couldn't find they were talking about they couldn't find anything on yeah, rogers that's back at the FBI building. At the building. Okay. I just remember that yeah. coming up somewhere. Yeah. Cause uh, we actually get the aftermath of Rose Associates. Martin is not happy with what had just happened at his office. Mm -hmm. Honey tries to apologize, but Martin says it's his reputation that his, that his reputation has taken a big hit. Yep. Honey says that she can fix it, but Martin doesn't think she can. He cautioned her about this from the beginning. And he has a duty to protect what he's built with his firm. Yeah. And he tries tries again as he's walking out of the out of the room. 
And what you're talking about earlier that she's confident when talking to Bosch about, you know, that she'll fix it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the confidence isn't there that I saw in this scene. It's true. It's different. Yeah. It's like she's straining to try to 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 prove to at least convince him that it's going to be okay. Yeah. But you don't see that confidence that she had when her and Baj are talking about the you know, the the feds talking to Maddie. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and it's I've kind of seen this seen this building up throughout the season. Yeah, a little bit with Martin and mm-hmm. and Chandler, but I did not see it coming to a head like this, where you know he feels betrayed by her. You know. Yeah, he's been yeah. very patient with her and sort of her you know kind of like he talked about in that i think it was last season like did you cross the line she said well just stepping up to the line or something you know and she's just pushing a little bit and you know she does get herself into high profile Mm -hmm. situations and uh, you know his little boutique firm you know i don't think that this is all that he had in mind for it you know when Mm -hmm. he took her on so yeah it's definitely been some strain on their relationship and I, I just didn't, I mean, I, I felt bad for Honey, but I also felt, felt bad for Martin. Yeah, as yeah. well, because like he says, you know, he's he's spent his whole life building up this firm, you know. Right. And then, uh, so going back to what you were asking about mm-hmm. with the uh, the feds, you know, they, they converse at the FBI office saying they haven't found anything after hours of looking, and they think that all the files pertaining to what they're looking for have been destroyed. We get a quick glimpse that Maddie's taking phone calls on her days off. On a day mm-hmm. off, oh yeah, mm-hmm. zip line, which is a yeah. nice little, nice little break, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, back at the FBI office, we see Baron asking if there's anything useful. James and Jones have nothing, but one of their agents does. They, she, the person says, or she says that they that she has something they have to hear. Brings over a laptop, and she's found a recording that Honey made in her meeting with Rogers in season one where Rogers gets a phone call about the pipeline um, and Baron puts together that she knew right. about, the, about the pipeline in real time. Yeah. She knew what that call was about. She responded as such. Yeah. So she, yeah. she knew. So this is where I kind of want to get into the whole Chandler thing a little bit, if that's okay. Sure. Before we get to the little climatic end. So like I said, like you said that she was confident earlier in the earlier in this episode, you know, I can fix this. I can fix this. I just don't see. I mean, obviously she's she's a little bit older, but I uh, this has to be a plant, right? Her not clearing her cloud account and leaving this recording. I mean, it just mm. it feels like it's a part of what she's working on. But at, at the same time, you think that she actually did forget something. That's what I was kind of trying. to. Oh, yeah. Like why everything but this? It almost seems suspicious. Yes. Yeah. How did this so, one leak through or whatever? Yeah. So I was just kind of curious. I'm wondering if this is uh, just a, just a, what is it? A pawn in her chess game with the mm-hmm, feds mm-hmm. or was, was it an actual slip where it's like, Oh, great. They got her in at least a check, if not a checkmate. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't know because we've, we've seen evidence of her, you know, with the whole mailing her, the copy of the subpoena to yeah. Scott Anderson, you know, she is doing some manipulations and, and getting some results. So yeah. Could this, even though it seems bad, could it possibly be something that she has engineered? Um, yeah. I, did, I didn't really um, think about it at the time, but that, that is interesting. I remember writing it down on my first watch through. I'm like, this has to be 
part of the chess game, right? Yeah, yeah. You wonder. <laughs> don't tell me she forgot to leave the, or she not, forgot to delete the one thing that could. <laughs> that really her tied her to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this was pretty glaring. Yeah. Ah, uh, so. That's a good question. Yeah, you want me to wrap it up then? Sure, let's finish it out. Yeah, so uh, honey, it looks like she's making some kind of uh, dinner, salad, maybe something, and she's she gets a <laughs> knock on the door. And Baron and James have her cuffed, leading her out to the front of her house. Baron kind of leans over, smirks, and says that they can leak a story, too, as you hear some reporters calling out questions. But mm -hmm. they, yeah, they arrest her, and the episode ends there. Oh, nice little cliffhanger ending for this episode yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, but we don't get another episode right away. We have to wait another week. I know. We had to wait. One. We have to wait another week to find yeah. out what happens for nine and ten, and I think this is just leading up to a, I mean, just a big finale. I mean, you got uh -huh. Ellis out there, you have what uh, Bosch, and Honey in the crosshairs and the FBI. I mean, it's just yeah. I love how this episode just kind of tied some things together but also leaves you wanting you know one of those loose ends covered up a yeah bit. it's almost like like when you went through that list of evidence on their whiteboard you're like they're so close yes. but yet there's so many problems still out there you know yes. like they're close on their case but then it seems more problematic with the fbi situation and but we still have ellis on the loose you know what could mm -hmm. happen there and like it's like with yeah they just seem so close on some things but then problems Still keep surfacing yes um, so oh but a great episode i it was just i mean just from the start i mean had you gripped right from the start i think that's mm -hmm. been most of the, i mean everybody was kind of saying how the first two episodes of the season kind of really draw you in you know you want to find out what happens to maddie right high energy high octane mm -hmm. then they're saying the third and fourth episodes are kind of slow well it's like Obviously, you got to rebuild. You got to rebuild. You got to rebuild. You got to story yeah. build. But the yeah. way it's kind of culminating up to what it has. Yeah, the momentum. It's it's gaining yes. momentum for sure. It's just been a fun season to watch, and I mean, all across the board, we see everybody's hard work coming to fruition in the acting and the writing, directing, everything, all all around. So mm -hmm. amazing mm -hmm. work by everybody. Yes. So, did you have any questions for me in the interrogation um, section? Well, one that comes to mind when Baron does, uh, you know, whisper in her ear, you know, we can, you know, engineer a leak too. How do you think he figured out that it was her? I mean, did he just put the pieces together? Did he just, is he, yeah. How do you think he figured it out? How does he know that she sent the envelope to Scott Anderson? Oh, Cause he's saying like, cause she, you know, that media circus was outside her house and she used that to her benefit, you know, cause oh, then that's that's right. I thought you meant that, about the, uh, I thought you meant for the, for the evidence against her. Okay. Um, boy, we don't see him behind the scenes. Maybe he, you know, figuring it uh, out. So I just wondered, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe he put out a few feelers and they know it's not from their office. Cause they're trying to bring down Chandler and Bosch and, yeah, I mean, maybe he literally did just figure it out. It came together, but I was like, I just, you know, I just wonder if he was like, could he have known for sure somehow, or was he just, you know, assuming and then made that remark to her? Um, yeah, that's. Oh yeah, maybe it was just an maybe it was just a, an assumption on his part, you know. 
yeah. trying to get a rise out of her that you know, like maybe to see how she reacted or something yeah to that that's a good question i like that one i had one for you too if that's yeah right. go for it awesome do you think Bosch purposely didn't turn the keys back to that uh, Dropbox or whatever so they could try to so you could try to prevent the car from being repaired or or is it was it some other nefarious reason? Or did he just forget? I don't think Bosch <laughs> would have forgotten. No, I just didn't know if that was part of your question. So maybe it's a three part. Did he forget to did he forget or did he just not turn them in because that he didn't want the car to get fixed? I don't know because if by it not getting fixed he's kind of making himself more vulnerable because the the guy tells him i couldn't fix it i you know mm. the guy didn't your partner didn't bring the keys back so then obviously they figured out that it was bosch so they know that he was going through their car so did bosch want them to know that he's on to them that seems pretty risky maybe, um, maybe but he disabled he just, the tracker so that's another way to prove that he's on to him. That's true too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Cause he could have just been trying to stick it to him. Just, I'm not going to return the keys, but like okay. I said, that also makes him more vulnerable because it doesn't get fixed. Like if, if they had, if he brought him back right away and it gotten fixed, they would have never known that someone, mm. you know, that Bosch got into their car, you know? So See, for me, I think he's doing it to prevent the car from being fixed because it's evidence against the two officers for yeah. possibly trying to kill him and Mo. I think it right. was kind of payback, payback for Mo. Okay. That makes sense too. Yeah. Because it would still be evidence, right? But he did take yeah. the pictures. He did take the pictures. So even if it did get fixed, oh, yeah, he, had, he had the pictures. Yeah, he had the pictures. But pictures, you know, can only do so much. I mean, if they fix the the damage to the vehicle, there goes all the paint scrapings from Moe's car. Right. Unless they yeah. Keep that, unless they keep that piece of the fender, but I doubt it. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just interesting. I mean, but there is part of me that wonders. I mean, I know you scoffed at the idea, but part of me wonders, like, did he just forget? And then at that point, he was like, screw it. You know, yeah. like, I'm not going to take him back yeah. at this point. I don't know. But we didn't see any scene where he goes, oh, shit, I forgot to return these. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, no, they're on to us. <laughs> if anything, it was because it was um, fun to for them to get that phone call. It was fun for the audience for them to get that oh, phone yeah. call and see Ellis's face, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, oh, ready. Yeah, we end up asking so many of our questions as we go because we're curious, you know. As we yep. go throughout, well, I had this one. I had this one earlier, but I figured I'd move it down because mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, it's a good question to kind of go back and revisit it a little mm -hmm. bit. Too. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought about that. Really, I was kind of thinking about that on the second, on my second watch through. I'm like, why didn't he turn the keys in? Yeah, he could have forgotten, but I think it was because of this. So I was just curious if you had a different take on it. Yeah, so. no, I think we put out some good ideas, but we just don't know for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a good question for somebody in the know like uh Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we think of that one? <laughs> I know. Oh man. I feel like I let you down. So do you have a person of interest from the episode? I mean, there's quite a bit to choose from. There is. Um, I don't know. It it's it um it's tempting to talk about what a doofus Schubert was coming out yeah. of that room i mean it just it's like oh my what were you thinking you know i know it's like don't shoot <laughs> well you really think you could and even when long was talking to him and saying it's okay 
did you believe him for a second? These guys have screwed you over time uh -huh. and time again. And, you know, raise the amount and just what were you thinking? But yeah. um, maybe he was just so blindsided that when he figured out that Bosch wasn't a cop, that he just thought he couldn't trust him. Mm, but maybe. I was, I just, I, did. I was like, what a doofus. I know. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, so that was of interest to me, but probably not worthy of the person of interest title. Hard. Um, I don't know. Mo's being such a good sport about this. I do have to point that out. You know, I mean, he mm -hmm. did, his car got ruined. He ended up in the hospital, you know, but he's just right back at it, doing the surveillance, checking the videos. Yeah. He's still working with, with Bosch. And I mean, I do think it touched him or meant something to him that Bosch did stick around for a little while at the hospital, that they are becoming friends. And, but it could be easy for him to just say, you know, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. So I got, I got to, I'm going to give him some cred for sticking with it. But I think that says a lot about his, you know, his personality too and his commitment to something that he started. But what about you? Well, because of all of the, what is it, the crap she's landed in? I got to go with honey because, yeah. <laughs> like we're discussing earlier, it's the, if it's that, if anything, it's that confidence level where, she seems so confident at the beginning, then the way she sees how she hurt Martin towards the end. Got to give it to her, but also because I kind of view her as a little bit on the, I mean, how you said that she walks into the line, but she doesn't cross it. I think she's mm -hmm. crossed it in this case. I think that if she would have gone to Martin at the start or kind of given him a heads up of what he's planning to do, maybe. Mm hmm Obviously, she probably didn't want to probably didn't want to get talked out of what she's planning, possibly planning, what we don't know for sure yet. I just think maybe Martin would have taken a little bit better, but at the same rate, yeah. So I see her as the person of interest. How it started off good, but it really yeah it hasn't landed that way yet for her at the end of the episode. So mm -hmm. that's a good choice. Definitely a lot going on with her, and yeah, some shifts and turns. Yes, we got some good feedback from our tip line slash AKA uh, Facebook and Facebook chat groups. Nice. <laughs> it's always nice hearing from the fans as usual. So we appreciate everyone reaching out. I don't think we didn't get any emails, correct? Did not. Mm -mm. Okay. So no emails, but I did get plenty of feedback on Facebook, Bosch Pit group and on the chat um, room that we have on there as well. I did carry some over because we had some fairly negative feedback from a few viewers, but I figured we'd get those out of the way first. So Philip B. had posted, original series was superb. New one isn't there yet in terms of production values or scripts. she uh, They love uh, Welliver's performance, but don't love the emphasis on Maddie. Nice seeing some of the original series actors pop up in the new one. So I know a lot of people kind of have that kind of feedback where they're not really a fan of the three ring circus in the mm -hmm, series with mm -hmm. Maddie, Honey, and Bosch. But um, let's see here. David C. said they're enjoying the episodes. Been a fan of the great writing and acting since the beginning. Only in parentheses, hopefully constructive criticism is gracious or sorry, is gratuitous cursing by folks that don't need to. I've lived in the real world, worked in real life with my hands, and been a lawyer for 30 years. Real folks that can function don't use rough language at the drop of a hat. No shock value when overdone. Nevertheless, enjoy everything else. 
So that was kind of a like it, don't like this aspect of it. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so we had I've heard that before. I've heard that that is some people struggle with that. It's okay to not like everything about it. We don't exactly. Uh, let's see here. Elizabeth M. had commented that she had just finished watching episodes three through six. This was about a week ago when she had shared this as of the time we're recording. Uh, so she says this uh, uh, this show is so great that the episodes fly by. Now I have to wait till next week for the next two. Each show leaves me wanting more. Of course. I with this any more than what yeah. she's said. I mean, 100% agree with this comment. <laughs> yes. Every episode's yeah, every episode is fact with the two episodes per week drop. I mean, they just kind of fly by and then you're on pins and needle, needles waiting for the next episodes. See, so we got a comment. I mean, lots of comments, so I'm just going to go through them. Uh, Judy M commented, "I've enjoyed all the Bosch and Lincoln lawyer shows. The great uh the storylines are true to the books, sort of, and the casting is great. I can't agree more with that." I do like how they kind of stay true to the books as well, mm-hmm. sort of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sue had commented. I think she made like a the spirit. On, uh, sorry to sorry to interrupt, oh, but no, I think our thing is kind of like they keep true to the spirit of the story, but they mo- can yeah. modernize it. They could make a different twist, but yeah, like the spirit of the story, if that makes sense. Um, oh, absolutely. I think they're pretty faithful too. Yeah. Yep. I know Sue, had, uh, this person Sue had commented, I think not only in the chat room, but also on the post I put up on the Bosch pit. So in the, in the chat room, she commented with, there's nothing more despicable than a dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Can't agree more with that either. And then later on, uh, so somebody had, uh, named Marlene had commented, anyone else think that the woman coming around Mo is somehow associated with Ellis and his partner? Mm-hmm. Opinion, she's a bit too interested in what Mo is working on. Now, okay. since we just discussed episode eight, I didn't see that until I saw her paying extra close attention to what Mo is working on with the surveillance video. Yeah, yeah. I didn't catch on. Maybe it took me a little bit longer, but I still, th- I'm still hoping that it's not that. I'm really yeah. hoping for the best for Mo. You know, that right? Get that into one. Relationship. So that one kind of stood out to me, you know, they've been learning about each other and stuff, but like she was specifically looking at what he was working on in the screen. Yeah. Very intently concentrating on what was going on in that surveillance video. So until then I didn't have any, Oh, I wonder if she's this. Hmm. And I I know we discussed this a few podcasts back with when honey Chandler was being stared at by the, by the guy in the, uh, the meditation. Yeah. Yeah, The meditation. I, I, I was thinking, Oh, is he a plant from the FBI or somebody else? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I didn't pick up on, I don't, I hadn't picked up on anything with Jade until, like I said, she started kind of looking yeah. at that computer screen. I have heard um, other suspicions about her. People are not very trusting of her, which I can, I can sort of uh, agree with just because anytime someone says like about their relationship, it's complicated, you know, yeah. or she, and she's just not, and you know, she explained that, but she's just not been super forthcoming i don't think with with details yeah so yeah um, i kind of seen that too a little bit where it's kind of like trying to pry out something you're trying to pry out information yeah like what are you holding back on or something yeah so so yeah so sue also agreed with marlene's previous comment uh mo seems too smart to fall for this but men in a pretty face i'm hoping (laughs) i'm hoping he's aware that she's a plant and is feeding her false info so if you know if it does turn out that she is 
not who not, she says she is. Not who she says she is. I'm hoping it's not that case. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping for the best for Mo. He he deserves some happiness in his life. Absolutely. Uh, let's see here. Francine K, the best show ever. Bring more and more. Well, season three is right around the corner. They're writing it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, let's see here. Adele T commented, such great writing and acting. Just finished number eight. Sad there are only two episodes left. I agree with that, too. Can't, you know. Can't argue you there. You hate seeing a season close out and of any show. Of any well, yeah. show. It's like, well, it's like reading a book, too. You're so excited to, to see how yeah. everything turns out. But then it's over. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can always go back and rewatch and or re-listen or reread, and I do, because I mean it just kind of keeps the mind occupied, you know. Uh -huh. uh, especially with uh, uh Michael's new book coming out recently. It's it's fun to kind of re re-listen to it because me, I'm a driver. I, I'm a yeah. daily driver. So for me, mm -hmm. I'm driving anywhere from six to eight hours a day. So I can get through half of a Michael Conley novel. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You gotta write so, faster. Michael, you got to write faster for uh, Australia guy. <laughs> Alrighty, so Cindy R commented, "It's so good!" with an exclamation point. Terry M, she uh, she had a really pretty good comment here and a good lengthy one, which I love seeing. So she goes that uh, she says the tension in the first two episodes was dangerous. Took an hour from my or sorry, took an hour for my heart rate to get back to normal. Agree with that one. <laughs> uh she's goes i'm loving the new characters i think mo has a lot of potential as does maddie's girl squad mm -hmm. uh, of course la is still the best supporting character of all time love the night shots oh me too she says she missed billets but i'm glad maddie is stationed in hollywood loves mank he always has her back and then she says i'll be so sad when the next two episodes drop next week so yeah <sighs> it'll be sad yeah Everybody's thinking about the end now, the end of the season. Yeah, I know. So when you get to that half, halfway, three-quarters yeah. point of the way, it's like, ah, oh, it's almost over. <laughs> uh, Sue M said, much, much better than season one. The Dirty Cops, Allison Long, are despicable. What fishy stuff, stuff is the gal up to with Mo? Did the Dirty Cops send her in? Mm. So I know we kind of made some comments about that. I'm, I just hope it's not that. Can't. Can't be. I want Mo to be happy. Uh, Fenton L said, uh, just fantastic. Welliver is our very own Bogart. You know, I kind of like that he says he's our uh, Welliver is our very own Bogart. I was, I think Bogart's above my age bracket. What about yours? Um, definitely a you know a, a familiar name and yes, reputation, name. but but I'm not like super familiar well-versed in the movies by any, yes. any stretch of the imagination you know i think my dad's a bogart guy and maybe his his other family members on my dad's is probably a bogart more of that patient, generation but... yeah yes. kind of like kind of like ellis says in episode seven at some point that uh, he knows him by reputation <laughs> i yes. know of bogart by reputation not, yes. not because i'm an expert on the movies <laughs> and nice tie-in with the episode there seven go. there that was awesome uh, Lise, uh, L-I-S-E, says amazing, different, and suspense. Mm -hmm. This is funny because another Mike M made a comment. This isn't me. <laughs> so Mike M had made a comment saying season two is not disappointing. I think Honey may end up being camp this season. So okay. we all wish for that as well, too. And then uh, two more 
two more. Uh, Judy had commented, said she watched seven and eight last night, sitting on the edge of my seat. Next week's episodes will be action-packed. Absolutely love the acting and writing this season. And with hearts, heart emojis. <laughs> heart emoji, heart emoji. Exactly. And then Randall B said, this season is better for sure. Love the cameo, but yes, Miss Grace B. Love seeing Jerry again. Fascinating, fascinating that some relative minor characters in the books become major in the TV show, i.e. Honey C. Yes, I really, I know she is really a surrogate for Mickey since they cannot use him, but she has become much or become such an important part of the story that I don't miss Mickey in that spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. So I appreciate everybody's feedback from the uh, episodes one through eight and hoping we get some more feedback for the, for the next couple podcasts for episodes nine and 10. So for sure. And regarding that last comment, I, I agree that Mimi Rogers has just truly fleshed out the character of honey Chandler. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the character in the books was not as involved, obviously we, we don't want to spoil anything, but it was a little bit more of a, I'm not saying she was a caricature, but we just know so much more about the honey Chandler in the, in the series, you know, we get to know her so much better, you know, in her personal life and just more time with her, you know, and Harry and their relationship and that the way you learn about her through that. And just some of her signature things. Like I've heard people even on some of the the chats or, or socials mentioning how she always has that big bag, you know, she always carries like a big, you know, kind of, I guess that has her files and things like that, that she needs at hand, you know, so there's just sort of signature things about her that I think she sort of added to the character for the show, you know, and and fleshed it out more. So yeah, wouldn't mind seeing a little bit more because I know that last season, season one of Bosch Legacy, we meet her daughter. Yeah, but she's only in for like the first one or two episodes yeah maybe, and then yeah disappears. then we didn't hear about her so yeah, no, i'd like to i'd like to kind of see more of that you know i don't know right. where her daughter lives but yeah we don't know a little bit of backstory on that would be nice yeah um yeah Tom Bernardo. <laughs> <laughs> writers alert alert give us yes. more information on her personal yes. life need some need some background info <laughs> yeah Thanks for the feedback. And yes, you know, we may not agree with all of the the thoughts, but always feel like uh, this as long as you're respectful, that this is a place to to share your opinions. Exactly. So. And now it's our off-duty time, and we're going to do some trivia. So, oh, yeah, why don't you go first? Where is the location of Honey's safe house? Oh, Beachwood Canyon. Ding, 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 ding. Good job. I know. Thank you. Uh, I, I I love Beachwood Canyon. Uh, one of my friends, and also she works for the show. Judy uh, lives in Beachwood Canyon. So okay, yeah. Went and visited her a couple times, and uh, actually treated her to bur- Well, she treated me to breakfast after we went on a hike through Beachwood Canyon. And then uh, last year, when I w- went out with my kids, I I bought birds for us for dinner one night. So oh, very cool. And she took okay. us in the in the up into the part of Griffith Park. Where they used to fill, or where they filmed the original Batman '60s show, where the Batmobile. Oh, oh, cool! Uh, where the Batcave was back in the '60s, so it was kind of fun to walk around there. Very cool. Yes, we had a great time. Okay, what is the name of the maid service on oh, the receipt? Oh, oh, oh. I was going to throw out like Blue Haven. I have no idea. O'Malley, O'Malley Maid Service. O'Malley Maid Service. 
Okay, your turn. Yeah, my turn. Your your questions are all done then. Yeah, I just had two. Alrighty. Okay, so I had. I'm hoping a couple easy ones for you. I really? Cannot... Are you really hoping that they're easy? <laughs> I'm hoping they're easy, but I also have one tough one. So. Oh, okay. You're trying to balance it out. Yeah, I'm trying to balance it out. Two okay. hopefully softballs. Easier to hit. Yeah. Okay. So where do Mo and Bosch get their treatment after the accident? Which hospital? Cedar Sinai. Bingo. Center. Nice one. Between Annie or Ashley, who put the teddy bear in the window for that signal? Thinking Ashley? Yes. Very good. Okay. Okay. So like I said, I was trying to that get that was 50-50, but I really did pick see her in my mind. So yep. Because I had to br- I had to bring it back. I'm like, okay, it was the girl that was wearing the yellow shirt because you ba- you get a quick <laughs> Yeah. I just had to rewind. I'm like, okay, Ashley's wearing the yellow shirt. Okay, good. <laughs> right. All righty. For the tough question, I'm hoping you paid attention to that whiteboard that Bosch and Honey were studying. On the whiteboard, it states what or which date Herrick bought the watch for his wife. What's just the date for Herrick buying the watch for Lexi? Like the month, day, and year? Yes. Um, I think I did write that down maybe in my notes, but not in my, not what I have with me here. December 12th, 21. So close. I'm going to give you partial credit. So it was 12, 14, 20. So 12, so it was December. Okay. Was I knew December. there was a, I knew there was a 12 in there or something. Off. Yeah, you're yeah. only two days off on the, yeah. on the date. Yeah, so. okay. On the I, year, almost that's, that's I almost that's, said 20. I almost said 20. It's understandable like, yeah. because they had a whole lot of 21s written on the board. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Said like August is of 21 is where they were bringing the watch in to get repaired. Hey, I'll take partial few, credit. Hey, you get two and a half points for trivia out of three points. Nice. Points. That's good. That is awesome. Yeah, we'll be back for episode nine. That's it for us for episode eight. We have yes. a lot more with Tom coming up next. Anything else from you, Mike? No, tonight's been really fun discussing this episode. Yeah. Very good episode. I'll probably say that for the next two. Yeah. Because, and then it'll be sad because it'll be the last two episodes for a while. Right. So, we're really happy tonight, and then we're really sad. <laughs> yes. So tonight it's a really good night. I can't wait to look. I'm looking forward to discussing episode nine. Yes. With you on the next one. So. Sounds good. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. On to episode eight. What can you share about the accident scene between Allison Long and Moe and Bosch in the vehicles? Was that that actually on a natural road? Yeah, we shot that. That whole piece is like it was shot in like three different locations and all put together through movie magic to look like one scene. The actual tailing of Bosch at the end of of episode seven was up in the Hollywood Hills. And it was another, we loved the way that we want, we were always sort of writing to, we had that in mind that that was going to be sort of the end of that episode, a little cliffhanger, a sense that mm-hmm. what are these guys about to do? And then obviously it's, it's just go to black as soon as that action's about to ramp up and then we'll see the the other side of it. Yeah. And to pull off that accident, which was a, a big stunt. That's the thing we shot last. I think either because of scheduling or availability of locations or just really the scale of the scene, even though it happens very quickly required, you know, a, a, a great deal of production resources. So you have the Hollywood Hills tailing moment. You have the moment where Ellison Long, having hit them off the road, 
sit perched down, sort of assessing whether these guys even survived it and whether they even survived it. And then that's a second location (laughs) where the car is down below and we're filming Bosch and Mo down there. And then some moments with there. And then you have the actual collision, which was in a third location. (laughs) There was a lot of this. And by the way, I mean, this is a, a moment that proves sort of to me like how adaptable Mike's books are because the crossing starts with Ellison Long taking Cisco out when he's on his motorcycle. Yep. That's kind of what this moment is, which is we're going to try to take them out because they're getting too close. It didn't involve Bosch in the book. This sort of story just lent itself to that moment. So it was sort of inspired by that. And it felt like it was rather than start the story, because in the book, there's so much of the case that has already happened. The, the whole kind of chronology and the dramatization of it is different in the show, but the, it, it sort of is a very, it's a, a, a beat that's inspired by all of that. And, and really proud of our, our team again for pulling something like that off. There's a lot that goes into it, even though it, the audience will experience it very quickly. Mm-hmm. It, it shakes up our characters. There's a lot sort of dedicated to making that, to pulling it off. I never would have guessed three locations like that, you know, yeah. at all. <laughs> it's, it's like seamless. So when, so when Bosch, uh, after the accident, when Bosch sits down with Mo at the hospital and waits with him for a while, how much of that is about guilt and how much is it about how he's grown to care about him? Yeah, it's a terrific question. And it's both. I think it's both. I think Bosch, especially after what happened with the, the Nguyen's, where he feels like he and going to want to buy a watch and pushing on this watch business, which seems so innocuous. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's just one of those details that is is kind of an itch he can't scratch. And the more he pushes on it, the more he's starting, sorry, sorry to mix all these metaphors, but really starting to unravel uh, the the conspiracy of it all. And I think after the new wins and, and carrying that around a little bit, that I bring the killers to their doorstep. And then suddenly someone close to me uh, could have been killed. And I'm glad you 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 sort of identified that moment because when he's sitting there and Bosch says, I'm just going to hang here for a little while longer, we purposely in post-production and editing wanted to sit in that moment longer and be with Bosch and his emotions so that the audience, there's nothing said between these two people, but there's a lot going on between the two of them. And there's a lot that Bosch, he's, this guy is not just a tech sidekick. He's somebody he cares about and someone he could have lost. And he's and again, Bosch carries that stuff around, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he's feeling a little bit guilty. And I think he's feeling like this really could have turned out bad. So yeah. I was happy to sit in that moment just because emotionally I felt it felt like an earned moment. And oftentimes in television, it's cut, 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 because it, it gives you this feeling of propulsion. But you don't sit with characters and with emotions often. Mm-hmm. Uh, movies tend to do that a little bit more and let it breathe. So yeah. we try to do that on our show when when it's justified. Nice. Yeah. Uh, regarding the special uh, FX makeup for wounds, does the makeup artist uh, propose certain looks that you choose from, or is it based solely on their interpretation? It, it it's again another sort of involved process. We, you know, write to outline and then write to and then discuss in meetings the nature of this accident, and then suddenly you start having side meetings with your makeup people about what kind of injuries they would have sustained. And that's often in conversation with our, our stunt coordinator who's right. to plan out what the accident's going mm-hmm. to 
look like and what is the nature of the injuries given this type of accident, this type of collision, this type of fall. So in all that collaboration, suddenly your, your makeup people will come to you and they start giving you options of how far do we want to take this? What do we want it to look like? And you're keeping in mind too, okay, I want this to be feel somewhat realistic you know, play to the reality of it, but our characters also need to be up and running for the yeah. rest of the show. <laughs> so we can't sign up too much or have them walking around with big bandages on their heads. Uh, so I hope that answers your question, but that's kind of how we did it. It's all collaborative. It's, oh, absolutely. There's no way you can do it uh, in this, in this realm, this medium without it. Yeah. Sure. Nice. Okay. And then uh, I kind of titled this question, the shootout at the Schubert Corral. <laughs> um was the was that used on a set or was it a combination of a real house and and set for the shootout and then what kind of challenges do you guys use or what kind of challenges when they're when you're filming a, shoot, a shootout scene that was a real house okay. uh, in our mvps and our locations department in collaboration with peter jan Bruga, who who's always on the story and always a, a great collaborator uh in this 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 kind of thing he goes out and they find it all starts with character, right? You know, mm-hmm. Schubert is this kind of doctor. He does these types of things. It feels like he would have these t- a kind of house. So we discuss that and then they go out and they find, you know, something. We, we look at a couple of places, you know, they'll show me pictures or they'll take, take me out to the location. And in this instance, they found a great spot that had this kind of open area near the door and the, 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 the outside uh, driveway lent itself to the action that we needed, how they were going to get into the house, then what kind of cat and mouse are we going to have? So it has to have a layout that sort of lends itself to that type of drama. So we had gone out and then based on the space, we started choreographing what the action would be, how Bosch would take, Sh- where where Bosch and Schubert meet, where they retreat to, to discuss the business, how they clock Ellison Long coming onto the property, what they do after that, where they go to, and then how Ellison Long sort of start to converge on Bosch and make it really dangerous. And Bosch has to kind of shoot his way out of there. That was an elaborate thing because all of that gunplay, quote unquote gunplay, you have to create. It's not something you just add and post in terms of sound and you know, the the getting rounds off and having them hit the different beams and stuff like that. I mean, that's all, those are actual beams in the house. Of course, that's an effect that we have to create. Uh, and then we got to get Alice out of there in a believable fashion. And then Bosch gets arrested. Mm-hmm. And by the way, mm-hmm. you know, in the book, I, it happens at Schubert's office. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Long is injured and dies. And we kept him alive because it allowed us to play one more card in our in our finale in terms of really pushing the foster case across the the goal line, which we can talk about. But I hope that answers your question with respect to like the sort of degree to which we go to try to get something like that. Right. And if I feel like we acquitted ourselves pretty well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Sounds very complicated, but it, you don't see that when you, when you watch it, you know, it's just I like, hope not. It's yeah. just, you're just into the drama. So exactly. That's all I want. <laughs> So uh, in regard to Titus or Harry playing all the different, well, him as the actor, when Harry is playing all these different aliases, you know, especially as a PI to try to get in, you know, pose as a someone looking for a house and and posing in this episode as being the partner that's checking on the car, has to get the gift out of the car. Mm. It's, I, They all play really well. I get that somehow I get the feeling that uh, Titus really likes doing those things. And I was just wondering if you had any insight on if that's true. Like you oh, seem to have fun with it. 
He does. Uh, I know for a fact he he enjoys it. I mean, it gives something it, it's 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 played in different sort of tonal things. Sometimes it's a little bit more right. serious, like right. when he, in season one, when he had gone to the, the home to get information about the adoption mm-hmm. uh, with Viviana, et cetera. That's uh, a, the nature. That's a little bit different, but he has to get information and he has to do it in a way that is smart and that feels believable to the audience. It doesn't make the the character, the other character in the scene looks stupid. Right. So um, he, what I think is interesting with Bosch as a PI is he has to kind of navigate all these different places around the city and use different resources in his own wits because he doesn't have the full force of a badge behind him anymore. Even if he uses that badge under false pretenses at times. (laughs) He has to, I, I I enjoy watching the character try to pull these things off. And, and yeah. that's a little moment we had talked about. How could he get access to this car? Why would he want to do it? And what can he learn from it? I mean, that's, again, it, these scenes that happen very quickly, but oftentimes building them or constructing them just takes a while of turning through a lot of different ideas until we land on the right means. Yeah. I wish I could give the person credit. I don't remember the name, but I think it was on Reddit when I was looking at some stuff. And, you know, I thought the same thing, but someone um, you know, made a comment pointing out from season one, how much mileage he got out of Creighton's business card. <laughs> he kept using that for different things. And <laughs> we tried to, it was sort of a running joke. And it was something that was, in, <laughs> it was inspired originally by Chinatown and Jake Giddies, uh, who, who uses a card to get access to okay. the sort of location and in the, in the, in, in ultimately discovers the dead body when the cops are there. But mm-hmm. uh, we love that moment. We love that film. It's it's just one of these films we talk about all the time in the room. It's it's, it's a masterpiece. So it was sort of a, it was inspired by that. Then it became okay. kind of a running joke as he kept mm-hmm. using Creighton's card to gain access to different things. That was fun. That was fun.